0: This is Greater Together, a podcast for and about entrepreneurs and community builders in Columbus, Ohio, aimed at demystifying what it takes to build a better business. I'm Rachel Kershaw. I'm here today speaking with Sherry Cheney-Jones, social change entrepreneur and CEO and founder of Sure Impact. Hi, Sherry. Hey, Rachel. So great to be here today. You want to take a minute and tell us a little bit about Sure Impact? Yes,
1: absolutely. So Sure Impact is a cloud-based technology platform for government, nonprofits, social enterprises, foundations, but it helps them track, measure, and communicate their unique social impact. And when I say the word social impact, I don't mean, you know, your social media impact. I mean, how is your organization changing lives and changing circumstances for the communities in which you
0: serve? Awesome. So, Sure, Impact is not a nonprofit, but that is mostly who you work with, correct? Absolutely, yes. So who beyond nonprofits would you work with, if anybody? Like, what's your ideal customer?
1: Yeah. So we have really our ideal customer is any organization. I don't care what your tax status is. It's like I like to say, <laughs> but any organization who is in the business of social change, because if you think about we have a triple bottom line, if we are in the business of social change, we have to, of course, we have to measure our revenues and make sure that we're financially sustainable. But The reason that our customers, the Share Impact customers, and it's why I love to work with them, are in business is because there is some big social mission they are trying to accomplish. And we all know that what we measure up, what we focus on and what we measure grows. So they are committed to not only measuring their financial metrics, but they are committed to measuring their impact metrics and making decisions based on those.
0: So what? got you into this in the first place. How did you decide that what you wanted to do was work with nonprofits?
1: Yeah, so that's it's a 20-year uh, journey in the making, but I'm an actually an industrial and organizational psychologist by training. And so, fun fact, I thought I was going to design selection tests for a living. I went to graduate school too. Um, I was always fascinated about how we predict performance. I think a lot of it was, as a child, I had dyslexia and you know, I'd look at these test scores that teachers and administrators were using to determine my academic value, if you will. And I just, I was really fascinated by that whole practice. I thought I, I didn't always identify with the labels that I was people were putting on me and, and so on and so forth. And so that just got me very interested in psychology and, and how do we use data to predict performance and what's a high performer. So um, that's what I went to study. And luckily for me, and I know you'll you'll appreciate this given previous conversations you and I've had, is that I didn't have to go work for a big corporation to help them make more money. <laughs> it's just I was what I was being trained to do. My first job out of graduate school brought me back here to Columbus, Ohio, to work with a really boutique consulting firm to help create a product called the Job Profile Questionnaire. And what this particular product did is it helped people with severe and persistent mental illness, find work. So caseworkers were working with people that had significant barriers to employment. we using this, using this tool to make sure that, you know, if you're someone with really high anxiety, it doesn't mean you can't be a great employee. You just probably don't want to work at the front desk at a really busy restaurant, right? And so it's understanding one's diagnoses with the different characteristics of a job and helping find matches. And so that was... Um, now that I'm telling the story, I'm like, well, there's a lot of foreshadowing about where I'm going to end up. But that's <laughs> what basically brought me to this sector. Um, and that led me into a 10-year career in government and where I was basically evaluating the impact of the, the nonprofits that we would give our grants to, our funding to. And then in 2010, I decided I wanted to serve as many nonprofit and social sector leaders as possible and, and founded my first company, Measurement Resources Company.
0: And then Sure Impact is sort of the next iteration. So it's mm-hmm. software, right? Yes, it is. Or what did you call it? Nonprofit tech.
1: Nonprofit tech. If that's a classification if you didn't know.
0: I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't, didn't
1: either until I became a CEO of a company. <laughs>
0: <laughs> In terms of nonprofit tech, I think there's lots of different pieces that I guess I've Worked with a little bit. There's everything from sort of keeping track of your donor list all the way through to things like Sure Impact, which is helping you measure your impact. I think a lot of nonprofits people assume don't have a lot of money to spend. So, at what point should they be looking for something like Sure Impact as one of the things that they spend that little bit of money on?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question, and I think there's, there's the answer is more complex, and that is one it's fundamental to the work that you do so whether you're using a technology or not i urge every social change leader to commit to not only collecting data related to finances but collecting data to your impact so whether you're using google forms excel forms pieces of paper in a file somewhere (laughs) that's probably the least preferred method (laughs) but make that commitment first and foremost that is so key and the reason that I founded Sure Impact and it took this huge detour in my professional journey that I never thought would be possible is because our clients in measurement resources, so we were helping the same sector identify what are those key metrics that they should be measuring and using that data to solve complex problems. And our clients, I mean, Sure Impact came out of out of the sector, the nonprofit, social enterprise sector, because they came to me and said, Sherry, we love the insights that Measurement Resources is providing to us, but what technology should we be using so we can have this at our fingertips? And I thought, well, let's go. I'm going to go do some research. I'll find a platform that I like and I'll recommend it. And that really, that's what I thought would happen, is I'd find the right technology platform I'd become a referral partner or even not, you know, just say this is what this is the best tool. Use this. This would be great. And after extensive market research, the platform that I thought should be on the market for a variety of reasons, whether it was um, there might have been some that were OK, but they were too expensive that the average nonprofit couldn't afford it or I didn't think they should afford it because they still were going to have to hire a person to do a lot of the work. So they right. had high tech costs, but then you still had people costs, or or the majority of the platforms don't don't focus on out, outcomes. They're really more just focused on outputs, which we can go down a whole rabbit hole on what the difference is between outcome and output, <laughs> but really the, the thing that matters most are the outcomes, right? How are lives being changed because of this organization? And so after learning that the platform that I thought should be on the market didn't exist, now I'm presented with this like I don't know when we know better we have to do better concept and like ah love that I am feeling really I mean there is so much resistance Rachel it took me probably two or three years to finally say all in yes to this but just realizing that someone had to do it mm-hmm. and then if not me who like really that was the the existential crisis that I found myself in is. If if not me, who was who going to do it? And so obviously, here I am. I said yes, but I I'm, I'm now even forgetting your original question. But that's really why sure impact. And, and you asked me who is it who is it right for? Uh, well, just
0: when should when should yeah. somebody be at the right? And I'm a data geek too, so I definitely have many of the spreadsheet versions going around yeah. at many places that I've worked with and whatever. But sure impact is definitely sort of a, a step jump above mm-hmm. keeping your data in a spreadsheet. Yeah. So at what point should somebody be thinking or at what point were these customers that were like spreadsheets aren't cutting it anymore? Like, is 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 it day one for some people? I think it's when you
1: as an organization evolves to have one, you have more than one initiative, right? If you have one initiative, one program, you probably can use spreadsheets to keep track of what you're doing and the results. But once you start to scale beyond one initiative and you now maybe have multiple people overseeing different initiatives that are generated to create impact, that's when things get a little bit more complicated, right? Because what happens if that one person leaves? Now you don't know what their data is. You don't know where it is. You don't know how it's it's being kept. Or, and the other thing, the problem that Share Impact solves for is your organization can have a single source of truth. So when, it when you know, you as an executive log in, you get to see the impact across, and if you're a funder, you can see the impact across your entire portfolio. If you're you know, an individual nonprofit, when you log in, you see the impact of, you know, your organization and everything you're doing. Now, most, whether you're a social enterprise, a nonprofit CEO, a foundation executive leader, before Sure Impact, basically, you that meant you had to go to multiple different people, and ask them to crunch their spreadsheets to give you some insight. Um, in the, with the Sure Impact model, you log in and you don't even have to go talk to your colleague down the hall because you see the impact of your entire organization. Now, hopefully you'll go talk to them about, hey, this is interesting. How do we do more of this? But you won't have to ask them to crunch all the numbers and, and waste, you know. I think people in the social good space that are, you know, doing this good work, although data is super important, they didn't get into this work because they wanted to crunch numbers. No, maybe I did. <laughs> they, <didn't. laughs> they got into this work to, to make a difference. So let's let's give them the insights they need to make a difference and not have to spend their precious time doing work that doesn't light them up.
0: So as you mentioned, Sure Impact is based here in Columbus. Is there other organizations here in Columbus that you find that a lot of your customers also should be benefiting from or you know, sort of other things here in Columbus that you'd recommend your customers always get in touch with or connect with?
1: Yeah, I think there's so many. Columbus is, a I love why I love living in Columbus, first and foremost, because we are such a helpful community. I am biased, but I do think if an organization is looking for help, Defining what they should measure or taking their data and, you know, better telling their story or creating data driven strategy around it. I think, I think measurement resources company is a really great resource to check out. I also think that, you know, there's so many great groups to be involved in, whether it's Conscious Capitalism, which I know you're involved in, Rachel, or we have, you know, Columbus Metropolitan Club it is a great opportunity. I mean, weekly, you can show up and network with interesting people, have interesting dialogue and conversations. What I, something that I've done, and I really credit to the success that I've had as a, as a, especially as an entrepreneur, since I started out as an entrepreneur, it's just this concept of meeting with anyone who is willing to meet with me. And I find that in Columbus, people are super willing to say yes to coffee and, and open to introductions. So I always recommend if, you, if there's someone in Columbus you want to know, just send them a LinkedIn message. Find a connection, get an introduction, because likely you'll be able to get a meeting.
0: Yeah, Columbus is a super friendly city, and I think everybody's really good about rooting for and helping others succeed rather than being competitive or secretive or yeah you mentioned that share impact serves nonprofits but share impact itself is not a nonprofit and i think in terms of the amount of technology you had to develop that makes a lot of sense to me but can you talk through a little bit of how you decided to structure share impact and and what your choices that you made along the way there were
1: yeah, absolutely. So, originally I I did not intend to create a separate for-profit entity for Sure impact originally. That was just going to be a product that measurement resources offered to the customers that we had that needed this this product. But what I quickly realized as we started into development is that and building software is is really expensive and I'm excited that you know, it Yes, you probably can't define me as a social enterprise in the truest sense. However, our intentions and our mission are very pure in the fact that our we want to democratize impact measurement data. And we don't want it to just be available to the, you know, really, really well-funded nonprofits. We want to make it affordable and available to as many as possible. Now, having said that, developers development is, you know, the the Those men and women in that field, they need to make a living too. Mm -hmm. And they're highly trained. And so there definitely is an expense to developing a platform, maintaining it, keeping it running and growing. And so therefore, we do have to charge money for our services. But what I learned because of how much it does take to develop a software platform, regardless of how we want to democratize data, we had to create a separate Entity, a for-profit entity, to find the investors willing to invest in our company so that we can bring it to the world and grow and scale it. so that's that was the decision I, you know I had to make, but my passion around creating this platform and making sure that it was available to the nonprofits who needed it and wanted it was so strong that I was willing to really, I mean quote put my first baby in the hands of others (laughs) to shepherd and grow it so I could focus on getting this platform into the world.
0: So obviously the pros of getting investors and everything was that it found you some money to develop this software. What are Mm -hmm. the downsides to you of going straight for profit and specifically investor-backed straight for Mm -hmm. profit?
1: Yeah, the downsides. I mean, there's obviously... Loss of there's some now it hasn't happened completely yet in terms of loss of control in terms of decision making, but there's a risk there, right? I have not felt that I'm mean, I at the best board in the world. I have amazing investors, like they, I've been very strategic and I have actually walked away from significant money because the investors were not those particular investors were not aligned with. Where we wanted to take the product, how we wanted to run the company. So just, I think that's just my advice. Whether you're a nonprofit and you're seeking donors, or you're a for profit seeking investors into your company, like just be really discerning because investors do, whether it's a donor or in its an investor, you know they do they do have some power. They have some stake and ownership in your company or in your nonprofit. And so the downside is just recognizing that you. You know, you do. You are accountable to other people, and if you select them well, and you're discerning about you know who you allow on your cap table in an investor backed company, if you can, you can maintain that creative control. I think much longer than if you just accept anybody's check. So, I, you know, I think that's that's something that will be part of my story is the fact that. I've chosen to walk away with from some money because it wasn't aligned. It wasn't correct. Um, so that's one of the, the challenges. Um, but overall, I think I would do it again if I had to. I mean, in terms of becoming investor-backed, I, I mean, I had no other choice. So I would do it again. I didn't have the money to self-fund it.
0: And I think you're absolutely correct that, you know, who invests in your company or who's on your board is is really the key. It's a it's a very, very long term and important relationship in in ways that just getting some money doesn't quite cover. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So this is also like you said, you had to walk away from another business. And so all of these things have also had personal financial implications, I'm sure, for you. Um, and just not going to work for big business in the first place, I'm sure. So all in all, do you think that the things that you've done have worked out well in terms of what you can afford lifestyle-wise and what you want lifestyle-wise? Like, would you do all of this again?
1: 100% yes. I believe, like, my, obviously making a difference and having an impact is a strong motivator for me. Learning and growing and doing new things is a strong motivator for me. And the research even shows us that as, you know, there is a threshold of income that once you get to that certain threshold, more than 70,
0: 75, somewhere in there.
1: Yeah, in there. Right. I mean, maybe it's evolved as the economy is or the inflation has gone up. But anyway, whatever that range is. Once you get to that level, your satisfaction doesn't increase. You know, it's more money doesn't create more satisfaction and Yeah, I've got, I had four kids on top of it all. And so obviously, I want to be able to provide them a a lifestyle where they can, you know, thrive. But I've been able to do that. I've been able to live in Columbus, Ohio. So that's a great place. So they don't need the whole, I mean, you need money, but you don't need a whole lot of money to live a nice life in Columbus, Ohio, or at least when I started out, that was kids. We'll see if that stays true in the future. But um,
0: still a pretty affordable city. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I'll tell you as an entrepreneur, and maybe I shouldn't admit this on a podcast, but I think it's helpful for any, whether it's a social enterprise person or someone trying to take the leap into entrepreneurship. Um, there were, there was a period several years, I mean, several years ago now, a long time ago, but early, early days of measurement resources where we were struggling. I mean, we were just struggling. And I was looking at the checkbook thinking how am I living off of this amount of money?
0: <laughs> sure. Because
1: both the business is doing well. And, uh, you know, once you hire a couple employees, they always got paid, right? So I might have been the last to get paid or not get paid. And, but yeah, we made it work. And wasn't necessarily fun, but we, we made it work. <laughs> and you would do it again? And I would weirdly do it again. I mean, there might have, like, <laughs> probably... <laughs> little lessons in the way that it was like, oh, I would have not made that decision or I would. Yeah. But but overall, broad strokes. Absolutely.
0: So is there any other advice either about starting a company that's interested in doing some good or about what people trying to measure their impact Mm -hmm. should be doing here in Columbus, Ohio that you want to dole out?
1: Yeah. So I think, yes, this is what I want to say is because I get asked this question a lot. People know that i have been in the impact measurement business, the nonprofit business for a really long time. And so I am blessed by people coming to me and saying like, hey, I'm thinking about starting a nonprofit or I just started a nonprofit or can you help my cousin who has a <laughs> <laughs> And And I'm always like, yes, I'm happy to have these conversations. But it's just because, again, it, I'm going to go back to it's as a tax status, right? Whether you're a nonprofit or a for-profit, The mission, the real mission or the real thing that you should be considering is what, what are you in the business of? So just like if you are starting a business that's a for-profit business, you know, a long time ago, I had a mentor that said to me, Sherry, what are your customers really buying? And I think that is such an important question that even nonprofits should be asking themselves when they think about going to donors and making pitches. What is the donor actually buying? And that's where impact measurement becomes such a great tool to unify not only your organization and your staff, but your donors. Because if you go to your donors and say, "Oh, well, give me let's say, ten thousand dollars check, so you can get your your name, your logo on my my website, or you can come to my events and network with um, you know my members or something like that, or my I don't know what your my audience is." Well, now your donor is not buying really what you're selling because if you're in the business of social change, your mission is probably, you know, you want to increase economic development or improve lives or increase awareness or bring joy and creativity, whatever your mission is, right? But it's, I, I there's probably very few nonprofits out there listening to this podcast thinking, you know what my mission is, Sherry? It's to bring more customers to bank X, Y, or Z. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right, or to fill a right. ballroom for a gala, right?
1: Yeah, right. So if you can start to talk about how your donors are a portal of purpose, like you're their portal for purpose, like just think, like think about that. If you could go to your donors and say, hey, look, I know you care about the causes that we care about and that you are too busy creating value in other ways, right? So if you're, whatever you're doing, you're too busy in your day-to-day life to do whatever it is you're doing but you care about this cause too and we are your portal of purpose right you you can write a check and i always i actually say that often about my children's parent teacher organization like they do amazing work and i love the people who have the time to do to volunteer and do that work but i can be a check writer right so it's by writing a check to my parent teacher organization i'm enabling those who have the time right now in this season of life to give to that and i'm participating it's no different than if you're if you're a nonprofit and you're going to those individuals and if you approach them like hey partner with me in this social change and here's the data to show that we are effective at creating the change that you also want to change like that conversation it it's amazing how quickly you can get that check then if it's you know you're you're not measuring your impact you don't have that data you can't tell that story
0: absolutely so if people want to find out more about sure impact where should they go
1: yeah so i very easy Sureimpact.com. That that's all about uh we've got so many resources not just to learn more about how the platform works but you, you know i'm a researcher at my core so we have a whole resources page where we have podcasts webinars downloadable eBooks and guides. Like it's just a great place for anything related to impact measurement, creating purpose-driven organizations. So check out sureimpact.com. I also am very active on LinkedIn. So I'd love for you to connect with me on LinkedIn. Send me your request, say, hey, I, I heard you on Rachel's podcast, let's connect. I will accept that invitation. I'd love to stay connected there as well.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for being here today. Absolutely. It's been great speaking with you.
1: Absolutely. Rachel, thanks so much for the opportunity.
0: Thanks for listening. Visit greatertogetherpodcast.com for more episodes, to recommend a guest, or to leave feedback. Greater Together is brought to you by Greater Columbus Consulting. Greater Columbus Consulting specializes in social enterprises, nonprofits that want to capitalize on their strengths, and for profit businesses that are working towards a higher purpose.